0: DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with Tan Books, presents Put on the Armor, a manual for spiritual warfare with Dr. Paul Thickpen. Dr. Thickpen is an internationally known speaker, best-selling author, and award-winning journalist who has published 43 books in a wide variety of genres and subjects, including The Rapture Trap, a Catholic response to end-times fever, and The Manual for Spiritual Warfare, the book on which this series is based. In 2008, Dr. Thickpen was appointed by the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops to their National Advisory Council. He has served the Church as a theologian, historian, apologist, evangelist, and catechist in a number of settings, speaking frequently in Catholic and secular media broadcasts and at conferences, seminars, parish missions, and scholarly gatherings. Put on the Armor, a manual for spiritual warfare with Dr. Paul Thickpen. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Paul, thank you again for joining me.
1: Thank you, Chris. It's great to be here.
0: Now, this particular conversation that we're going to have, which takes its roots from the Manual of Spiritual Warfare, is a fascinating one, and I think it just should fill our hearts with joy, actually, because it's one that's entitled Know Your Weapons, and there's so much out there, isn't there?
1: It's great. I mean, think if the Lord said to us, yes, you have a battle. Yes. Your enemy is a mortal enemy. He wants to destroy you in this life and the next. And by the way, you don't have any weapons. You're on your own. <laughs> yeah, <good luck. laughs> How terrible that would be. And uh-huh. yet, <clears throat> instead, the Lord sends us out to battle. And as St. Paul says, he's so wonderful talking about all this stuff. He says, for though we live in the world, we're not carrying on a worldly war. For the weapons of our warfare are not worldly, but they have divine power to destroy strongholds. Wow, what a promise that there are weapons that God has put in our hands. We have to identify them and use them, and they are powerful to destroy the enemy's stronghold.
0: Yeah, and strongholds, I think, is a word that we could take just a moment just to kind of break open a little bit more. And we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it more down the road as well. But those strongholds are more obvious than we may realize. That, I mean, they that where the devil may come in and that that the enemy will assail us it can be anything from what we view on television to what we respond to what, uh, as far as our own behaviors or this. Uh, I mean, the, the, the list can go on and on, can't they, Paul?
1: It can. It can be uh, particular relationships. It can be vices, which, of course, are, are you know bad habits within us can have to do with something inside of us that goes back to a wound, you know, a spiritual mm-hmm. and emotional wound from when we were a child, a stronghold that in which the enemy early on was able to gain power in our lives. And it's something that we've got to overcome because it's it's doing so much to hurt and, and damage us. It can be a, a well it can be so many things. But just some place where the enemy has a strong foothold. And we've we've got to find a way to undermine that, to break through is resistance there, and to reclaim that area for God?
0: Well, I love uh, that you have in the manual of spiritual warfare is that the very, very first thing, the most important one that we have. It's the foundation stone, as it were, to our response to any of this is prayer. That and some may look at that and go, oh, "Okay, that's fine, but what else can I do? What can I sprinkle? What can I, what can I throw at? What kind of, uh, what can I do?" But it, prayer is at its heart for you and for me as individuals. That's the, the beginning point.
1: And you see it in the scripture when you know, St. Paul gives prayer right away when he's listening to the weapons uh, of our warfare. In scripture, when our Lord uh, is showing us in the beginning how to, how to uh, come against evil, he gives us a prayer, the Our Father, the Lord's Prayer, in which he says, deliver us from evil or from the evil one. The gospel account when the Canaanite woman's daughter was demon-possessed, What did she do to overcome the enemy's assault? She turned to our Lord and prayed, begged for his help, and persisted in her entreaty until he delivered the child from the demon. And since, as we've talked about, the ordinary action of the enemy is every day is through temptation. Think about when the apostles were overcome with weariness on the night that Jesus was betrayed, and they fell asleep in the Garden of Gethsemane when they should have been consoling their master. What did Jesus say to them? Rise and pray so that you may not enter into temptation. And it goes on and on. The the St. Bernard of Clairvaux says, however great may be the temptation, if we know how to use the weapon of prayer well, we shall come off as conquerors at last, for prayer is more powerful than all the demons.
0: And it's a, a prayer, essentially, of the child going to the father who will do the protection. It's not even so much where, especially for the Catholic lay faithful, for the Christian lay faithful, it's not something that we are directing towards the enemy as much as it's in that humility that St. Bernard is so always speaking of and exhorting us to, the humility of Our Lady to, to do whatever he tells us to do and, and to go to him.
1: And, and this was so wonderful about it. It's not like we, you know, we see this terrible, frightening, towering enemy there we don't have to go to you know go address him in his face we turn to the lord instead who's standing right next to us and says lord we say lord <laughs> and let the lord to it or or we even take the words of the lord uh, of the lord into our own mouth and say those words because when we say it the lord is saying it with us and through us so that it's not nearly as frightening and intimidating when we realize that the lord is at our side and he will fight our battles for us you get that it's a very physical way, but, but kind of foretelling spiritual battles of later times. In the Old Testament, when again and again, when the armies tried to do it on their own, the armies of Israel tried to do it on their own, they would lose. But whenever they relied on the Lord, they turned to the Lord, then the Lord would do the battle for them.
0: Hmm. It is uh, that exhortation that you have from St. John Vianney, who warns us, if we're not praying, we're losing the battle. If you're not engaged in prayer, that, that drawing from that wellspring of relationship with the Father, we're in trouble.
1: And it makes sense because prayer is conversation with God. I mean, you could define it lots of ways, but that's one way mm-hmm. that it has been defined. And if God is the source of our strength, if he's the source of our victory, he's the source of our faith, of our power, of our love, of our wisdom, every good gift that we need to win this battle. Then of course, what the enemy's going to do is to try to cut that line of communication. I mean, so you think of, of some of the battles, like in World War II, and how um, the you'd have soldiers who are physically at a distance from their commanders, but they have their radios on and your know, radio communication, and they're getting communication uh, with the commanders and to, to know what to do, and to to give them intelligence for what you know where to move and how to move, and uh, and so of course one of the objectives of the enemy would be to cut those lines of communication and if if the devil can do that not and not even necessarily by you know provoking us but sometimes just by distracting us from prayer if he can cut that line of communication or confuse it garble it um he's already won half the battle
0: in the manual of spiritual warfare in the chapters following the segments we we've been talking about There are so many prayers, devotions, and even hymns for us to take into our hearts and to ponder that even if praying is a challenge for some, Paul, if they were to take just even one of the many, 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 many prayers and just sit and take that and uh, remunerate over that and just ponder it like Our Lady that can be a great doorway into that deeper relationship, couldn't it?
1: It is. And if we feel like we we don't know what words to say, then the church has given us so many words and the scripture gives us so many words to to pray. And we make those our own and as we we think about them, consider what, what does it mean, you know, to say that our lady is the queen of angels? What does it mean to say she's the bane of devils, the thing that the devils fear the most? What does it mean that to say that that the proud spirits of wickedness were humiliated by her perfect humility, and their rebellion was scattered by her perfect obedience. And you go through the words of a, of a prayer, and, and it begins; it plants seeds in your soul, and it gives strength and energy to your soul. It can energize you. It can increase your faith. It increases your understanding. Increases your wisdom about what's going on. It's uh, thank the Lord for prayers <laughs> to, that we don't have to come up with every prayer on our own because praying. Praying a of, of really beautifully, powerfully, wisely written prayer becomes an exercise in strength. You know, it's a strengthening exercise, and exercise and understanding. It can, besides the fact that the prayer itself has power, it, it actually helps to form our souls if we pray right.
0: Having those words to kind of help us set our minds and our hearts and direct them towards, to you know, towards God that helps set the table, but also in those those times of quiet and contemplating him or, or praising him and rejoicing with him in song, there are so many out there, again, resources that you chronicle in the book, but also that Tan and St. Benedict's and a and number of other great uh, Catholic presses, publishing houses, have provided for us to be able to learn how to find the way that really, helps us, as we are so uniquely made as his children, to communicate with him in our own special way.
1: You know, it's as if, I mean, we all have the same weapons, but it's as if each weapon has to be maybe customized in certain ways. My son's a soldier, and uh, sometimes you, with a particular gut or that kind of thing, it has to be fitted to you in a certain way. It fits your shoulder <laughs> right, and the weight's just right, and you may adjust certain things. And I think it's like that with the weapon of prayer and, and all the weapons, actually, that Um, We are all given this wonderful, wonderful weapon, the most important one of all, and we have to find the way to to customize it in such a a way that we are best able to use it and and that it fits the way God has made us. And and that's one of the beauties of having several prayer books and and working through them and and praying the words that, that we have many options there, and we begin to find out what it is that resonates most with our own souls.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong on this, Paul, but I've heard it taught by exorcists who have been uh, in this battle for decades, teaching younger priests who are now learning the same type of, can uh, I lack of a better way of saying it, a craft or a a way of uh, helping to God's people heal. That I've heard them say that because the enemy, and the fallen angels, the demons, they were created by God in that angelic realm to have relationship with God originally. So even after the fall, they're still creatures who are craving relationship, which is twisted, absolutely, because of their fall. Their number one goal is to stop you from your relationship with god they want to interfere in that and have you foster it with them as opposed to him so the first place they're going to go to is your prayer life because the prayer life is what feeds the relationship with the father and the son and the holy spirit
1: Yes, no, no conversation, no friendship. You know, how, how can you have a friendship with someone without at least some basic conversation? It's essential to our relationship with God. And, and the old saying, "Misery loves company," I think applies perfectly here. They are miserable; they have have lost the the possibility of ever fulfilling what they were created for—to have perfect fellowship with God. And so they love co- the company of the damned, and mm-hmm. they want to increase that company. They want to bring more of us into that same fellowship of misery, if you want to call it that, kind of an anti-fellowship of misery. It also is the way that they feel like they can get back at God. They can't, you know, they can't throw a stone at God, but they can do their best to try to pull one more creature away from it.
0: So if you're concerned about the spiritual warfare, the first gut check you have to do is what is your own prayer life like? And it's almost like the airplane rule, isn't it? Make sure you have the mask over yourself first
1: <laughs> before
0: you can help anybody else. It's really true.
1: Yes, it is because that's where your oxygen is. Prayer is the oxygen of the soul, you know. Um, and you know, and, and once you have that in place, then I encourage people to. Uh, <clears throat> well, as you know, it's it's all the old advice that folks would would give about prayer. Um, that you don't just uh, have supplication or request but that you also have the other kinds of of prayer that there's there's always adoration where you are praising God for who he is the lord inhabits the praises of his people one of the old bible translations says in a psalm and that praise brings you close to the presence of god if you're fearful instead of focusing on how powerful the enemy is focus on how powerful god is and tell him that if you're uh, you know if you're doubtful Turn your attention to God and let your faith be strengthened. Say, let your soul say, you know, I, I love you. You are, you are my all. You're the source of every good thing. You're the source of every good thing in me and around me. Every good thing I've ever had, and am, is yours, and you've given it to me out of, out of your your gratuitous love. And your Son died for me. I'll never cease to praise you. I will never, never cease to thank you. And thanksgiving, you know, is a part of that as well. Adoration and thanksgiving and and then our confession. That's uh you know, when we get to talk about the sacraments later, of course, sacramental confession, but even just in prayer to 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 say to him and you know, you're so powerful and I'm so weak. So I need your power. I have to rely on you. And here, you know, I've fallen in these ways, so I rely on you. And and then, you know, after all that, then supplication as well and intercession, not just praying for ourselves, but praying for others. And that's just kind of basic, you know, counsel about prayer. But in spiritual warfare, it becomes so important because the, the adoration, the praise, and, and also the thanksgiving, that's really where the strength comes into us. That's where our, our faith is renewed and made strong. It's where our, our, our doubts are dispelled. It brings us closer into the presence of God, and the more clearly we see him, the more clearly we see that he wins. <laughs> he mm-hmm. wins. And he's more powerful than all that other stuff out there.
0: We'll return to Put on the Armor, a manual for spiritual warfare with Dr. Paul Thickpen in just a moment. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app where you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Doctor Anthony Lillis, Monsignor John S. of, Deacon James Keating, Father Donald Haggerty, Mike Aquilina, Doctor Matthew Bunsen, and so many more—they're all available on the free Discerning Hearts app. Over three thousand spiritual formation programs and prayers, all available to you with no hidden fees or subscriptions. Did you also know that you can listen to Discerning Hearts programming wherever you download your favorite podcasts? like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, even on Audible, as well as numerous other worldwide podcast streaming platforms. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has a YouTube channel? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts Catholic Podcasts, dedicated to those on the spiritual journey. The Memorare Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful, O Mother of the Word incarnate despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to Put on the Armor, a manual for spiritual warfare with Dr. Paul Thickpen. Well, the weapon of worship is a huge one, whether it's mm. in, in the private Worship that we offer, or in the public worship and in the private worship. Of course, I'm speaking of those times when we're able to go. Probably, I some of the most profound times I have are in Eucharistic adoration.
1: Mm-hmm. The uh, I love it. There's a it's in the book an extended little dialogue that Saint John Bosco used to tell the boys who were under his care. You know, he was he, he cared for orphan boys and boys with trouble had trouble. He said, "Listen." There are two things the devil is deathly afraid of, fervent communions and frequent visits to the Blessed Sacrament. Do you want our Lord to grant you many graces? Visit him often. Do you want him to grant you only a few? Visit him only seldom. Do you want the devil to attack you? Rarely visit the Blessed Sacrament. Do you want the devil to flee from you? Visit Jesus often. Do you want to overcome the devil? Well, take refuge at Jesus' feet you want to be, be overcome by the devil? Then give up visiting Jesus. Visiting the Blessed Sacrament is essential, my dear boys, if you want to overcome the devil. Therefore, make frequent visits to Jesus. If you do that, the devil will never prevail against you. Yeah, powerful. that's so powerful. Ah. And,
0: mm. and there it is in any Catholic church. Or in, and in chapels throughout many of the cities, many locations, for those who can hear us, and yet... How often is it, Paul, that you may walk into a, a Eucharistic chapel <laughs> or to a church and there's no one there. Yeah. And yet the battle is such a fierce one.
1: And there is our commander right in our midst. And, and his, his presence is so powerful through his, his Eucharistic presence. I mean, there are several saints that we know that, that actually exercise demons from the possessed or banished evil spirits and apparitions through the consecrated host of the Blessed Sacrament. Mm. There's several others who saints who testified to the power of our lord's Eucharistic presence and in, in doing spiritual battle
0: incredible another weapon that I think we we really have lost sight of, and you mentioned it in a previous conversation that you and a friend can share together, and that's the weapon of fasting
1: it is you know, and I come from a a pentecostal background and and I'm very grateful that. That tradition has always had a very lively awareness of fasting and practicing. And I once belonged to a church where we actually had a, a 40 day fast, if you could imagine, of, of solid foods. We drank liquids. In. And if you were sick or pregnant or that kind of thing, you know, you, you didn't go along with it. But the, the rest of us did. And I, I don't necessarily recommend that, but I'm saying just giving that as an example of just what a lively awareness they had of how fasting, how powerful fasting is. That, um, you know, Isaiah, Tells us in the Bible that fasting would loose the bonds of wickedness and undo the thongs of the yoke, and it would let the oppressed go free. And we see in the book of Daniel how the prophet once prayed with fasting and sackcloth and ashes for three weeks to seek the deliverance of his people. And when an angel appeared, he told him, "From the first day that you set your mind to understand and humbled yourself before your God through fasting, your words have been heard, and I've come because of your words." And what did Jesus do in the wilderness when he had to battle Satan? He fasted in the wilderness, and on at least one occasion when our Lord's disciples failed to cast out a demon from a possessed boy, and they wanted to know why they weren't able to, he told them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer and fasting. So it's a, it's a spiritual weapon, it's, and if prayer is a spiritual weapon, fasting is kind of like a spiritual whetstone on which you sharpen your prayer. It's a, it's a spiritual muscle that when you exercise it regularly, it strengthens the thrust of that weapon to pierce the enemy and to drive him away.
0: I know that there are those out there who will advocate, and I'm not necessarily saying that they're wrong in bringing this up, but they may advocate that you should fast from maybe watching TV or maybe you should take the bus instead of driving or something like that. And that very well may be something that's very pleasing to the Lord, but there is something very scriptural about fasting from food. I mean, when you think of it, of, of even taking the fruit from the tree, that mm. and taking a bite out of it, that involved food. I mean, there's something uh, about fasting from our own bodily sustenance that, for some reason, in the United States, we, with our unbelievable abundance of food, we struggle with.
1: We do, and that makes it all the more important mm. <laughs> that we you know, that we practice it. It's um. You know, same kind of thing with silence silence you know is, is so important in our prayer life and 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 in this day of technology where you can have the noise of the world and the distraction wherever you go, whether it's you know your iphone or an iPod or whatever it makes it all the more important then that we do actually fast so to speak from that so it's especially true though of, of food because we we're so e so used to having our our appetites immediately uh satisfied and uh, and and usually more than satisfied <laughs> mm-hmm. so i yeah, it's, it's just, it is so important. And, you know, my own experience with fasting has been, especially when it's not just like, you know, a meal, which is a good thing. That's what I do in Wednesday mornings for my friend. But if you do it for several days, um, there are all kinds of consequences that you, you know, might not have anticipated it. It's, it can focus your attention when you're praying. Mm-hmm. Um, the growling of your stomach, if you allow it, it can be a little reminder every time it happens to pray. Um it can make you more spiritually alert. I mean, I don't know exactly how these things happen or how the denial of food in the stomach can do this, but it it actually seems to have these these uh, benefits, spiritual benefits, by God's grace. And, and so it's an important thing.
0: A great weapon that was used by, if, I, if I'm recalling correctly, chronicled by the Desert Fathers, and was modeled off our own Jesus' experience in the desert, the importance of the sacred scriptures.
1: Oh, you know, so many times if we want to know about spiritual warfare, we go back to Jesus in the wilderness where he did that that great battle with Satan. He prepared for his warfare through prayer and fasting. But when it came time for him to engage the enemy on the field of battle, what's the weapon that he chose then? It was sacred scripture, that powerful word of God. You know, the scripture tells us it's sharper than a two-edged sword. And the interesting thing is that Satan himself tried to use the weapon. You know, There's several places where Satan quotes Scripture (laughs) to Jesus, but he always fumbled with it. And our Lord would skillfully parry the assault, turning the blade back on him. It's such a, a wonderful thing to watch. So each time the devil attacked with a temptation to doubt or disobey God, Jesus quoted Scripture to throw him back. And after those three failed attempts that we know about anyway that are recorded, then the enemy finally withdrew.
0: And that's what's so brilliant about the Manual for Spiritual Warfare because I found myself doing just as you exhort us to do in Chapter 8 is to find these biblical, these key wonderful weapons, as it were, in the scriptures that God provides for us to meditate upon them, to memorize them, and then to thrust them back when you When you can identify the spirit that's assailing you, whether it's a spirit of anger or a spirit of jealousy, envy, you name it they're out there the temptations that we we fall into and that that come at us that we, we once you're in that relationship with God and you're in that prayer, it's easier to identify what those are. <laughs> you can see it coming not only from someone or even sometimes within our own selves
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. and and again, you can. You can pray the scriptures so confidently because you know that they're God's own words. And um, sometimes you know we may wonder about our own prayers and we make our own feeble efforts and we and then we may think, gosh, I don't even know if I'm asking for the right thing. You know, maybe I'm maybe I don't even know what the right thing to ask for is, or <clears throat> what if I say this, or you know, uh, and we do our best with that and it's good. We do pray spontaneously, but when we can pray with the words of Scripture, we can be confident. Those are God's own words. Just like when we you know we pray the Lord's Prayer, which is in the scripture, of course, the Our Father. We can always be confident praying in that prayer because we gave it, got it from Jesus Himself. But so many as others and in the Old Testament, especially in the Psalms, but but other beautiful things, St. Paul gives us so many remarkable uh scriptures about the warfare and, and what we can go what we can can do and what we can say. And um I mean, and some of some of the imagery is just just beautiful. Like in Isaiah forty two thirteen, the Lord goes forth like a mighty man, like a man of war. He stirs up his fury. He cries out. He shouts aloud. He shows himself mighty against his foes. Oh my goodness! Think about that for a minute.
0: <laughs> it is. It's extraordinary. There's, and even to the to the point where, as you go in and you really begin to meditate on this, that I'm, I find more often than not, I the words, peace, be still, and know that I'm God, mm. from the Psalms. Sometimes that's the harder thing, is just be still. Let me fight this battle. <laughs> Let him do because, it.
1: And because the very next words of that psalm are, you know, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted mm. among the nations. Mm. That's why you can be at peace. If he weren't the great Lord that we know is the who makes us more than conquerors, we wouldn't be at peace. (laughs) We'd be anxious. Now what's going to happen to me? Well, I went, we don't. But instead, that's why we can be at peace, because we know that he will be exalted among the nations. He is the conqueror. And if he's the conqueror, we can rest. Mm
0: -hmm. Paula, again, I want to thank you so much for, the work that you did on that particular chapter, just chronicling all those. I found myself going in and highlighting them in my own Bible, besides of what I already have in the in the wonderful manual for spiritual warfare.
1: Well, I can't tell you how wonderful it was for me. I mean, most of them I was familiar with, of, you know, of the scripture since childhood and, and tried to memorize and learn a lot. But going through it again with that eye, okay, what are the words in this book, this this wonderful book of scripture? that are so powerful for spiritual warfare and to resist temptation and other things. And then starting with the book of Genesis and to work my way through, I can't tell you what that did for my faith and to strengthen me. So it's um, it just great stuff. It's great stuff. It made me you know, approach the scripture in a whole new way.
0: You've been listening to Put on the Armor, a manual for spiritual warfare with Dr. Paul Thigpen. To hear and or to download this episode, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com or download the free Discerning Hearts app. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for Put On the Armor, a manual for spiritual warfare with Dr. Paul Thigpen.